Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Ronalda. Um, welcome to our Hope Hills Kitchen family. Uh, welcome guests and friends. Happy Easter. I'm going to take a moment to pray. You'll pray with me. Uh, oh, Lord, <laughs> what a glorious day. Um, we thank you for your spirit with us, spirit of Jesus. Uh, we thank you for worshiping you through song and now through your word. Death could not hold you down. We thank you for your victory, Lord, for your victory is our victory. As we remember and celebrate um, your resurrection today, help us to see you and hear you and fill us with your hope. Hope that moves us to live out your resurrection victory in our lives. In your life-giving name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Humans, human beings we are. There are two cats you might see with the doors open that kind of run around there. Nola and Cheesky. I think they're becoming the, not the church mouse, but the church kittens or something. I think uh, one was found on your piano and one morning. Yeah. Uh, so, humans, right? We seek after hope like moths seek after light. It's intrinsic to who we are. Neuroscientist Tally Sharrett argues that hope is so essential to our survival. We're hardwired in our brains. And being hopeful can mean the difference between living a healthier life versus one trapped by despair. Studies show that hopeful college kids, they get higher GPAs, and they're more likely to graduate. Hopeful athletes. Any athletes here? No? Somebody jogs. I think Regina. <laughs> well, if you run, like pray before and say, Lord, fill me with hope. And according to this study, you should be able to run faster and longer. In one study of the elderly, that's me, <laughs> those who said that they felt hopeless were more than twice as likely to die during the study follow-up period than those who were more hopeful. It's pretty clear that hope is a powerful motivator. Dr. Shane Lopez, the psychologist who's regarded as the world's leading researcher in hope, claim that hope isn't just an emotion. It's an essential life tool. We need hope. Anybody need hope? Raise your hand. Yeah, we all need hope. I mean, we hear of people and pastors, you know, going through divorces. Um, I just heard about one, uh, and it just, you know, it split the church and very sad. Um, we hear people who have lost their jobs, who have lost loved ones, people who are struggling with illness, and we hear of injustice and imaginable violence at home and abroad. One thing that almost all of these devastating circumstances have in common is that people 
are grasping for something to give them hope. In the days of Jesus' life and ministry, times were also devastating. Richard Peck, pastor of the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church in Mount Union, explains that the first Easter morning came along during a very grim time in the history of God's people, the Israelites. A long history of oppression, captivity, it was that characterized their existence. And Reverend Suttles, Derek Suttles, pastor of Calvary Independent Baptist Church in Hutton, Huttington, adds that tyrannical rule and mob justice were everywhere. There were cultural wars raging on every continent, and racism was rampant. Rampant. Disease was on the rise. And many in the world were destitute of the basic necessities of life. Hope was at an all-time low and hurt was at an all-time high. Sound familiar? Things haven't changed. Peck continues, the only hope they had was God's promise of a king, a deliverer who would free the people from their greatest enemies, sin and death. In the Bible, death is an enemy. And it can be a fierce one, right? It's ugly. It's, it destroys relationships. It's feared. Death is repulsive. But death doesn't have no last word. <laughs> Thank God for our Savior, Savior who could claim, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus has overcome death. Can I get an amen? amen. And a hallelujah. hallelujah. When Jesus died for our sins, that, if that was the end of the story, right, on Good Friday, his death would have remained just this beautiful, loving sacrifice. But glory to God, things didn't end there. Most dead bodies remain where they're buried in decay. Though Jesus was dead, God didn't let his body decay. Amen. And this was prophesied in the Old Testament and scripture repeated it in Acts 13, 26 to 28. My body also will live in, hell, in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave or you will let your Holy One won't let your Holy One see decay. This was prophesied way before Jesus came into the earth. Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday and was buried in a tomb. But Jesus only needed it for a weekend. Right? Holy Friday to Easter Sunday. It's, in, it's interesting to hear uh, a five-year-old girl retell the Easter story to her mom. With great excitement, she said, Mom! Jesus died on the cross because he loves us. Then he was buried in a tomb. And then later, an angel came and looked in the tomb and asked Jesus what he wanted. Jesus said, I want out of this hole. <laughs> Scripture, of course, doesn't say that. 
but <laughs> this is the Easter story. Right? Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He was raised from the dead. Now, for many churches, it's traditional to read uh, John's account of it, but today it's Easter, and we're going to not just hear it. Right, Stanley? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see it. In this um, LUMO project video, This LUMO project video, we're going to see see and hear the Word of God from John 20, verses 1 through 8. And we're not going to just hear a paraphrase of it. These are the actual words of the NIV translation that you'll be hearing. As a family watched the Easter story on TV, the child was deeply moved as Jesus was tortured and killed, tears rolled down her cheeks. She was absolutely silent until after Jesus had been taken down from the cross and put into the tomb. Then she suddenly grinned and shouted, Now comes the good part. <laughs> Is Jordan here? <laughs> On Good Friday, we looked at the suffering and the death of Jesus. <laughs> and now... first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped round Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying.
Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. Yes, amen. Let's just give the Lord the praise. The resurrection is the good part indeed. The resurrection of Jesus proves that his power can save us. His power can do everything that he said that he would do and can do. He died for our sins so we can be reconciled with God. Jesus saves those who trust in him. Jesus saved Mary Magdalene. Before she believed in Jesus, she was involved in the occult. She lived a hard life. Scripture says when Jesus first met Mary, she had seven demons within her. But Jesus knew her. Jesus loved her. Jesus delivered her and gave her new life. He chose Mary a woman to proclaim the news of his resurrection to the other disciples who were men. He chose a woman who was one of the last at the cross and one of the first at the grave. Jesus chose Mary Magdalene, a former demonized and hopeless woman. It doesn't matter how terrible the stories of our lives that we've enacted for ourselves. It doesn't matter. Jesus can and desires to reverse it and give 
hope. He gives you hope. He's given you hope. He's given me hope. In 1984, I was not following the Lord. I was singing in casino lounges in Atlantic City, Las Vegas, Big Tahoe. Um, and I fell in love with my keyboard player. As a child, I remember singing along with um, my mom's Frank Sinatra albums. And there was one song in particular that penetrated my heart. The lyrics are, to love and be loved. That's what life's all about, to love and be loved. That's what living's for. I didn't realize at the time how deeply I internalized this song as a child until 20 years later when this relationship with my keyboard player ended. Um, I would call the lyrics to love and be loved. That's what life is all about. There was nothing else I wanted in life but a soulmate to love and be loved by. Um, and if that wasn't going ha to happen, I didn't want to live. This was my second heartbreak in life. And it left me with a sense of hopelessness to the point of almost losing my life. I tried to commit suicide in my parked car. My method of choice was sleeping pills and a large bottle of um, Johnny Walker scotch. I consumed all of it with a package of sleeping pills. I blacked out. And when I woke up the next morning, I thought I was dead until I realized I wasn't. I was very angry with God. And I said, God, you did this. I don't want to live. But you kept me alive. And I knew it was God, even though I hadn't been obeying Him or paying attention to Him, but I knew it. I felt it inside. Um, and I knew it because it was a miracle that I was alive. It was a miracle that I wasn't even like physically sick. No hangover. No symptoms of someone who might have consumed that deadly quantity of alcohol and sleeping pills. Nothing. I drove home angry. And I told God, I said, I don't want to be here. Since you've kept me alive, then give me a reason to live. In a powerful article titled Dying of Despair, Psychiatrist Aaron Kirby observes the startling rise in deaths from suicide and drug overdoses. He points to a number of long-term studies that have analyzed the difference between high-risk patients who survive and those who die by suicide. His conclusion of this research, over a 10-year span, it turns out that the one factor most strongly predictive of suicide is not how sick the person is, nor uh, how many symptoms they exhibit, nor how much physical pain that they're suffering, nor whether they're rich or poor. The most dangerous factor is a 
person's sense of hopelessness. The person without hope is the likeliest candidate for suicide. We cannot live without hope, the study finds. Since my suicide attempt 38 years ago, God has given me hope and many, many reasons to live. I never attempted suicide again. I don't belong to myself. I belong to Christ. And he's told me that. And I love hearing that. And I love belonging to Christ. I love him. He loves me. To love him and be loved by him, that's what life's about. His resurrection gives me hope because he's alive. Excuse me. <laughs> just... He's alive. He's alive. And he's with us. resurrection gives me hope because it proves it proves that he has the power of life over death and he has the power to save us our hope hinges on Easter Lee Strobel author of Case for Christ writes about Rick Warren the pastor of Saddleback Church and the author of the purpose driven life together with his wife Kay they went through a devastating loss when their 27 year old son Matthew took his own life after battling depression and mental illness for years. And about a year after this tragedy, Rick said, I've often been asked, how have you made it? You know, how have you kept going in your pain? And I've often replied, the answer is Easter. You see, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus happened over three days. Friday was the day of suffering and pain and agony. Saturday was the day of doubt, confusion, and misery. But Easter, that Sunday, was the day of hope and joy and victory. And here's the fact of life. You will face three these three days over and over and over again in your life. And when you do, you'll find yourself asking, as I did, three fundamental questions. Number one, what do I do in my days of pain? Two, how do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? Three. How do I get to the days of joy and victory? The answer is Easter. The answer is Easter. A minister visiting a church one summer found a banner used uh, the previous Easter, and it read, He is risen, kind of like, like this one. And it was tucked away behind a bin. 
How tragic for us if Easter is but a brief experience each week. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is our hope, not just for today. Easter Sunday, but it's every day. It's our assurance that we have a living Savior to help us live. And that when in the end, when close to that last great final journey, like I am, we will not travel an uncharted course, but rather we'll go on a planned voyage from life to death to eternal life. And we can be sure of this planned voyage if we believe as Jesus said in John 11, 25-26, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this?